get started because today is just a huge day for us. As a church, we are uh, launching uh, Vacation Bible School, and a uh, number of you are working as volunteers, and so I can pretty well promise you that uh, we're going to close the serve out, service out with worship, but a, a moment of prayer, there's a, just a season of prayer we're going to have at the end of the service. But I, I have a thought, I have something today that uh, really is connected to, in a very tangible way. Uh, relevant way to what is going on in our crazy world. Uh, I spent a lot of time thinking this last week as we prepared for VBS. I spent a lot of time thinking about the connection between kids and family and church and, and how they are all so interconnected. And then, of course, we all are aware of, I don't think anybody's here today that is not aware of the fact that this has just been a tragic week in America uh, with the mass shootings. Uh, I, I went back and looked at some of the old statistics and it's just stunning to realize Columbine uh, doesn't even make the top 10 list of shootings, mass shootings in America now. There have been so many others. And I started asking myself the question, what, what's really behind it all? I, I know that, you know, we can say that crazy people shun, and, and I agree with that. And yet, at the same time, I think our founding fathers had it right with the Second Amendment. Uh, I, I do believe that that is wise and prudent, and I believe the founding fathers were right. So, and this is not a political statement, but it, at the end of the day, it has real relevance to all of us. And, and so, when... When you stop and think, you have to ask yourself the question, what, what's wrong? Now, the politicians are going to get up and say, you know, we got to have more laws and, and outlaw all guns. But the, the truth is, you can take away all the guns, and, and this happened this past week as well. But you don't need a gun. A man in Wisconsin took his car and drove it into a crowded area. That's happened here in the States and around the world. Uh, people use knives. P people do all kinds of awful things. And, and so the, the issue to me is deeper than a gun or the availability of a gun. And again, I'm, I'm saying there needs to be common sense. Crazy people should not have a gun. But I'm here to tell you that God's Word has the real core issue that we need to be aware of, and we need to, to not just be aware of so we can curse the darkness and say, well, that's what it is, the total depravity of man, the sin nature, people are evil. You know, that's a cop-out too. I, I believe in putting light where there is darkness. And, and as we get ready for Vacation Bible School, and we're talking about the connection between kids, family, and church, it, it just hit me. We, we've got to really understand what the real needs are. How do you train children? How do you get across to kids values that matter, that make a difference? I don't know if you've ever thought this through as far as asking yourself the question, what, what are the values that matter to God? And, and we could spend the rest of the day talking about this, but I think it is very clear that the Bible is very, very clear that God values people, that God loves you, how much does he love you? He loves us so much. He sent his only son, Jesus Christ. He died on the cross to pay for our sins. 
And so how much does God love us? He loves us enough to allow his son to die for us. That's big. And, and this issue of life and valuing life is a big issue. And that, I believe, is the root issue underneath it all. The Bible says that, uh, what shall it profit a man? If he gains the whole world and loses his own what? Have you heard of that? His own soul? What shall it profit a person? They can have all the riches. So you can take the net worth of the entire world, the entire planet, and you can put it in a big pile over here. If you lose your own soul, you're poor. Your soul, who you are, to God, and in light of eternity is worth more than all the money this world has. And some of you think, well, I'd like to find out. I'd like to have that big pile of money. But, but the truth is, you value more to God. Your life, who you are, is more important than all of the world's possessions. And so what does God value? God values you, every one of you here. God does not make any junk. Everybody here to God, you're a 10. You matter. You have value. And, and what is missing? Here's a thought I'd like you to just grab a hold of today. The thought that has pressed on my heart so much the last few days. In fact, I woke up at 3.45 this morning, started reading the updates and the news as to what has happened and found out that there was yet, you know, in addition to the one in California, in addition to the one in El Paso, which Kathy and I had been to a few years ago, and I preached in church in, in El Paso. The church had asked me to come and be their pastor, and I told them, that, you know, I'm going to kindly say thank you, but we don't think, think it's God's will. Uh, we didn't know that down the road there was this, this destination here in northeast Ohio. We didn't know it at the time, but we knew that wasn't the right time because I, I told him, I said, you all need a bilingual pastor. You need to reach all of the people, not just the people that speak English. And, and so we left having fond memories of El Paso, but the tragedy is 20 people killed. 20 people killed, another 26 gunned down, injured in Walmart because a college-age young man didn't embrace the value of life, the value that God puts on every person. I woke up this morning, 3.45, and I found out just a few miles from here, Dayton, Ohio, not far from where Kathy was born, uh, in a downtown area. Think of it kind of, have you ever been to Ohio City up in Cleveland? There's just a kind of a renewed area with restaurants. And, and, and again, a college-age young man began to kill people. By the time it was done, nine were dead, 16 others injured and hospitalized. What's going on here? What's the core of this, this, these violent actions? The answer is kind of simple. You say, well, there's mental illness there. And, and yeah, I think you got to be crazy to want to kill somebody. But at the root of it, there is the issue, there is a total absolute lack of value of life. And there are many reasons for this. I don't want to say this. This is said with compassion and love and a heart of understanding. But the, the lie that life doesn't matter if it's still in the womb is a part of this overall idea that has saturated our culture where we've been told it's, it's, it's a woman's right to end the life of a child. 
But that doesn't really get at the, the heart, the core of the issue. And that is the right of all people, regardless of their age, the right to live. And this is exactly the kind of stuff that Hitler did. The Jews, they don't have a right to live. We'll kill them all. The gypsies, they don't have a right to live. We'll kill them all. The gays, the homosexuals, they don't have a right to, to live. We'll kill them all. A lack of value. The further people get away from God, the less they value what God values. God values life. And there are people, I know there are people here today that believe the lie for a period, possibly. You look back, you regret what you did. But the truth is, as a believer, as a child of God, you can know that your heart has been cleansed, you've been forgiven. Jesus took all of us. We all have sin. We all have things we've done. And God's forgiveness is wonderful. But at the end of the day, when we think of our culture and what happened, and why in the world is there such chaos out there? The answer has to come back to this. Overall, we have diminished and devalued life. We've done it in the womb. We've done it in so many different ways. And so college age, young men, I mean, with the exception of possibly Las Vegas, who was a, a bitter old man, the, the, the truth is, I was thinking bitter old man, he was my age, good grief. He was a young old man. <laughs> They're young men. And be very specific, young white men. Because they have been sold an idea, expectations that life is supposed to give them certain things and it hasn't happened for them. And so oftentimes they write manifestos or they leave a note. But at the end, they get to the core of it. You cannot take someone else's life if you value that life and believe it is God and God alone who gives life and has a right to take it. He gives a couple exceptions to that. Just war, battle. In battle, defending yourself, your country, defending yourself, your family, that is not murder. That is different. But when it comes to this issue of killing the innocents, people who went to Walmart, people went to dinner in Dayton, people went to El Paso, people who went to a garlic festival in California, they woke up in the morning not knowing there was someone out there that says, I do not value your life. I will take it today. Now, here's, here's the good news. Again, I'm not big on cursing the darkness. I'm big on saying, okay, what do we do? What, what can we do? There's a great passage in Ephesians chapter 6. Now, it's, you might hear this occasionally on Mother's Day, Father's Day. Uh, I know my kids, when they were young, we, we taught them a couple of Bible verses uh, when they were very, very, very young. Uh, I quoted to all three of our children when they were born. Kathy pushed them out and gave them to me. And, and then I quoted John 3.16 to each of them. And all three of them quoted it back immediately. Um, <laughs> but there is a verse that almost every parent here has told their kids. Children, obey your parents. Children. You do what I say. Well, these are great verses. Ephesians 6.1, how wonderful. Children, obey your kids. Do you know we sometimes miss what's going on in this verse? And that's why I want to give you, number one, a thought today. It's in your notes. Would you look at it right now in your notes? This issue of obedience 
I want to share an idea with you today. And it's the answer to the issue of what's wrong with people who are willing to take a gun and kill somebody else. It's the very, it's the very heart of the issue. Obedience is caught, not taught. It is caught, not part. Caught. It's not, it's not just taught. You got to teach it. You got to teach it. Yes, teach it. But you have to catch it. You have to see it modeled. You have to see it, an example of it. And the best way, the best way to see this happen is to see it in the home and see it reinforced in church. I'm going to give you a principle. It's in your notes there. Church and family are to practice. Here you go. The voice echo principle. What's the voice echo principle? It's when I at home tell my kids, God is love, and they come to church and they hear the teacher say, God is love. It's when I tell my kids that there is a right and there is a wrong, and God's word has the truth and defines what right is. And, and right is not a moving target, and right is not negotiable. That God gets to set the moral laws that we are to live by. We as a society don't culture. We can never look at them and say, well, they're old-fashioned. That's old school. Uh, the culture has changed. God didn't really mean that don't commit adultery thing. The truth is, God meant it because he wants what's best for us. And if you've committed adultery, ask him to forgive you. And, and as Jesus told the woman taken in adultery, he said, I forgive you. Don't go out and don't do it again. Go and sin no more. And so... When church and family are practicing the voice echo principle, and that's, this is one of the reasons why you desperately need to bring your kids up in church, and, and what you're teaching them is so important. But please hear me when I say this. When this verse says, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. You belong to the Lord. You get that right and you help your kids understand that they do belong to God. They're not their own. As a believer, the scripture goes far as to say, you're not your own. You were bought with a price. The blood of Christ was shed to pay for us. For this is the right thing to do, is what Ephesians says. Ephesians 6.1. Just another real quick side thought there. That word children in Ephesians 6.1 is specific. It's in the original languages. It's talking about a minor uh, you, you know, you, you got to, if you're 40 years old and your parents say jump off a cliff, you don't have to obey them. I just thought I'd share that with you, by the way. And so all of us, we, we, we need to be teaching obedience, but we need to be doing this in tandem with others who are reinforcing what we say. And I'm going to be very straightforward with you. Oftentimes in, in our world today, you have to overcome some things. Popular media, news, entertainment, both, will oftentimes tell your kids they do not echo your voice. Their voice is different. Are you aware of that? Sometimes you're going to go to school. I have some of my, my favorite people in the world are Christian teachers who teach in our, our government public schools. And they're doing their best to echo what you say at home within the limitations that they have. We need to pray for them every day. But not all of them are echoing. Are you aware of that? School's starting back up. 
You have something to overcome. You better talk to your kids. And you better have a partner who comes alongside you. That's what a great student ministry is. One of the reasons I love Jason so much, he and Val and the, the team have worked so hard to echo what you're saying in your home, to, to echo what God's word has to say. And, and as a result, what you're saying is sinking in. There's been times when Kathy and I look back raising three kids, when we realized we needed help, that what we said you know, it was all the Charlie Brown peanuts, you know, what kids hear, you know, when we talked, we could see it in their eyes. It was, you know, the wah, 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 wah. And so you need someone who comes alongside you. And so that's what I'm talking about. When I talk about the connection between kids, between family and church, it's that voice echo principle. And so if you teach your kids, obey God, tell the truth, they're going to have that reinforced with the echo that happens here. I know this all sounds kind of simple, but let me be blunt with you. Let, let, me, let me put it in a way that, whew, wow, this is big. If you don't do this, you're going to lose your kids. If you do not reaffirm what you're teaching in your home, based on God's word, in partnership, connected to a local New Testament Bible-believing church, you in all likelihood, it's blunt, you will lose your kids. They will leave your home. They will believe the lie. You need the church, and the church needs you. You must have values reinforced. Number two. Scripture goes on. We're now up to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2 and 3. Honor is modeled, not manipulated. Honor must be modeled. Again, it's something that needs to be taught. And it should be caught because they are seeing mom and dad model honor. They're seeing truth and honor represented in the things that they see. Let me just read you the first. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 2 and 3. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. Now, the previous verse says, children, obey your parents. And, and that's referencing minors. Again, I've already said, you, you, you're not obligated to obey as you become an adult. But you are always obligated to honor your parents. There's never a time when that's out of season. When that's out of fashion, God always expects it. You say, well, they don't deserve it. That's not what God says. He just says, honor it. In fact, you want to have a good life? You want to have a long life? You want to be blessed by God? Give your parents honor even when they don't deserve it. Honor your parents and the, and the principle of, of honoring in general is so important. And, and I believe that's part of what erodes and falls apart in a culture that, that is not looking to God in a culture that says there is no God and everything, all moral values become moving targets. The, the issue of respect, you're wondering, some of you are wondering, can we become less civil than what we see right now in the national news media? We're heading into, how many are really looking forward to 24 hours a day of paid political advertisements? Oh joy, it's coming. It will be worth the cost of adding the feature 
to your device to skip the commercials. I'm telling you, it is nauseating. It is nauseating. Why? Because we've lost all civility. Even the simplest things from the highest office in the land. Even I agree with some politicians. And what they're saying, they're doing it with such a lack of honor. It breaks my heart. And, and, and scripture here is saying to raise a good person. You've got to teach obedience. Obedience to God. It's right. But you want to teach honor. I'm going to make a connection here to the church. It's really important. Okay? Because honor, respect, again, caught as well as taught. But there's a, there's a line there under number two. I want you to write this down because church and family are to practice reinforcement. Reinforcement constantly. Reinforcement. In other words, we see honor and respect practiced by those we fellowship with, we do life with. Life is better when you do it in community. It's that simple. In a small group, learning to love one another, learning to respect one another, learning to love your country and respect your country. Your country is not perfect. There's no different parents. Parents are not always perfect. You know, I, I, I just think it's so important to learn honor and respect. And this connection and this reinforcing respect and honor between kids and, and family and church, it, it's so healthy. When it's practiced, your life is better. You're not angry against the world. You learn that although somebody maybe doesn't always deserve the honor, the position they have is something you want to honor. And so you pray for them. And so if you want your kids to honor God and country, when you go to school, I talk to school teachers. I love our school teachers. But I'm being told consistently now of teachers who have taught a few years of how things have changed over the years and there's less honor, less respect. Let me give you one more thought from this Ephesians chapter 6 passage. Number three, connect, not disconnect. Connect? This passage talks about the importance of connecting and how to avoid disconnecting. Let's go ahead and read the verse. Verse number four. It says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Now, some of you have wondered, what does this verse mean? Don't provoke your kids. You're sitting here thinking, my parents ticked me off all the time. No, it's, it's very specific here. It has to do with being inconsistent as a parent, being a hypocrite, or possibly even when you're right to do it in anger. There are things we can do in teaching our kids to obey that if we do it even the right thing the wrong way, according to this passage, and it says fathers, but it applies to moms too, we are not to give them excuse to pass by the truth principles we're teaching. And so if you've ever wondered what this verse meant, there is a key here to disconnecting, to, to causing them to reject what we have to say. And, and it has everything to do with this idea of being people of grace, to do what we do in love. Here's the next thought. It's in your notes. The last thing I'm going to ask you to write down. Church and family are to practice grace consistently. When you think of some churches, what they stand for, you ask them who they are, what they believe, everything they'll put on what they believe is a negative. It's, we're against this, we're against this, we're against this. When 
there are some things we should be against, but at the end of the day, we should be for some things. We should be very much for the things that God is for. What is God for? God is for the value of life, and so we should be for life, and we should be pro-life, and we should value life. But at the end of the day, we need to do it with grace, and we need to do it consistently. Let me give you a formula for failure. You know, we... <laughs> How many of you got plans today for, for your Sunday noon hour meal? Would you raise your hand? How many of you know what you're going to do? Nobody knows what you're doing for lunch? Nobody? Okay, a few people, a few of you. Okay, if, if you don't know for sure what you're doing, I say, everybody, we're going to Jay's for lunch today, okay? Is that good? <laughs> Val, look out. Here we come. <laughs> here, here it is. We're talking about consistency and grace and how to model these things and how it should work between church and family. And with VBS, this I'm going to close with something that, that really, hopefully, it'll stick with you. But, but if you go home for lunch today and you have roast, and I'm not talking roast beef or roast chicken, if you have roast preacher, if you're going to roast in front of your kids all the things you didn't like about church, you see, does that happen? <laughs> yeah. If I was a cupid doll, I'd feel myself getting stabbed every Sunday afternoon. Because the truth is, a lot of people seem to think lack of honor, lack of respect. The things you say about people in leadership, it's okay. And you do that in front of your kids. Guess what's going to happen? One day you look at your kids and say, let's go talk to the pastor. You're challenged with it. You're having troubles with this. I want to help you. I'll go with you. I realize I'm not perfect in this. So here we are, parents. Come on, kids. Let's go talk to the pastor. And the kids look at you and say, why in the world will we talk to that bozo? We've been eating him for dinner every Sunday for the last five years. Do you see how there's a little conflict of interest there? So this is why we need to connect family and church together for the good of the kids. Now, why is this a big deal? And I'm going to close with this. This is a big deal because according to everything we know, according to what Jesus said, allow the little children, he said, to come unto me for such is the kingdom of heaven. Everything we know about people coming to Christ, we know for certain that people come to Christ at a young age. Late elementary, middle school, high school, young adults. In other words, the, the things that we learn when church and family connect together and teach God's word, it gives children a chance to make up their mind, choose to obey God, choose to honor their family, choose to be people of grace. Those decisions are made when you're young. My decision to follow Christ came at age 17, changed my life. And I'm here to tell you today, this is why Connect Church is deeply committed to kids' ministry. This is why we're doing Vacation Bible School this week. Because that kid you pick up this afternoon, how, how many of you, when you came here today, your car was absolutely full. You had no more room left in your car. You could not have taken a jar of Vaseline and slid one more person in. How many of your car was that full? Raise your hand. I'm very serious. This is a real question. So are you here to tell me that most everybody 
How many had at least one seat left in your car? Raise your hand. Ah, that's what I thought. Do you realize the kid up the street who's making you bonkers, who's making you crazy, who when you go to bed at night, you wonder what he's doing, and he's young, and you look at him and say, man, there's not a lot of supervision there. Do you realize if you will walk down to that home, talk to mom, and ask, mom, Sunday mornings, is it okay if I take Junior with me to church on Sunday? I go every week. Give him a free ride. We'll bring him back. He'll have a great time. At least let him try it. Or you go to it this afternoon and say, hey, vacation Bible school. Hey, mom, we're going to give you a break every night, Sunday through Thursday. I, I'm here to tell you, that crazy kid's making mom nuts too, okay? And I'm here to tell you, that kid that you bring with you in that empty seat in your car who comes to Christ could be the same kid that 10 years from now mugs you in the parking lot at Walmart. Do you realize if that person, that young person, if that young person understands their value to God and the value of life in general, that is the game changer. That, that is what these mass murders do not have. Total disrespect for human life. And there is only one thing that will put that into us. And that's the love of Christ. Would you guys bow with me for prayer? Would you do that right now? Lord, I thank you for everybody here today. Help us not to miss this chance to invest. To invest in those who are the most receptive, most ready, most willing to hear the truth and accept it. And that's young people. Lord, help us not to look at this and say that's the job of the pastors or the, or the youth pastor or the student ministry leaders or the volunteers in kids' church. Lord, help us to realize every one of us can have a part in making a difference. Lord, as abstract as it seems, the idea that maybe a kid would be saved who might one day turn into a mass murder, help us to really believe God with you, hearts are changed. Help us, Lord, to love you enough to love people and change the world. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.